Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. As you know, as you've heard in the news, near 200 patients were evacuated and transferred to several hospitals since yesterday following this fire at Wexford General Hospital. And the health minister was out this morning. He's commended the work of the emergency services for their response. Look, an incredible, incredible effort by all accounts. No injuries. If you were there, if you were working at Wexford General, do give us a shout today if you want to chat. Sandra is with us on the line. Sandra, you're the parent of a patient in Wexford. When did you get the call yesterday? I actually didn't get a call because the um, hospital computer went down during the fire. I It just happened to be that my dad had a bit of an emergency himself and my sister was with him in A&E and she was updating me on my dad. And then rang me the, uh, her third time ringing me and said something about fire I thought she meant my dad was on fire as in a temperature <laughs> and I said he what <laughs> but um, I couldn't believe it you know so so is it your son that's in hospital Sandra yeah yeah Jack yeah so so your son yeah. is currently was in Wexford hospital last night so I mean what, what yeah, happened yeah he's been in um Today is six weeks since he's been in. He's special needs and he was very sick for the last few weeks. And it uh, just took a while to find out what was going on with him. Um, he's on the mend, but not well enough to come home. Um, so he was in a room on his own off St. Mary's Ward. And he was transferred to Vincent Hospital last night at about, oh, I can't even remember, sometime around 1.30 a.m. So your son is in hospital in Wexford, or has mm. been in hospital. He's been there for six weeks. Yeah. You didn't get a call. You, I mean, you only no. fi- so you only found out about this from your sister who was there with yeah. your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going through and your I, head? I even said, "You're joking me," and she goes, "Why would I joke about that?" And I went, "You're serious." And I was like, "Yeah." And when I got to the hospital, a security man said, "Did somebody call you?" And I said, "No." Why? What happened? Thinking. They should have called me by now if something, you know what I mean? I didn't know what to think. Oh, it was, it was, it was very, very frightening. Like, um, oh, the whole drive in and, uh, you know, I was going in anyway, but I just went faster, you know what I mean? And uh, then it was just not known and the smell of smoke everywhere. And it was just, you know, it was crazy in there, but at the same time, it was very well organized. You must have been in an awful state, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, shaking. Yeah, but between your your son and your and your dad, and she, your sister was there as well. Yeah, I know. You had three yeah. family members in Wexford General last night. Yeah. Well, no. Well, my dad and my sister were only there for a couple of hours in the mm. like mid afternoon. Um, mm. The fire had started uh, while they were there, actually, and they were they were told they had to go. Like. Um, Lucky enough, my dad was kind of well enough to leave it for another time, but um, the doctor will call around. He's in a nursing home, and the doctor will call around and see him there. So he went in as an, as an outpatient, effectively, yesterday. To yeah, Wexford. he was in yeah. A&E. Yeah. yeah. Like, I spoke to her three times while dad was in A&E, and the first two times there wasn't a fire. And the third time she said, when she said something about being on fire, I thought she meant my dad had a very high temperature. High temperature, yeah. Mm. You must have got the fright of your your life when you realised, Sandra, yeah. what it was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, it was very frightening. And what about your son? I mean, how was he with all of this going he, on? He well, 
once he has uh, something to watch on his iPad, he's not really bothered what's going on. Right. He was a bit unsettled because yeah. obviously he knew he was moved and there was different nurses around. Now, they did try and keep some familiar nurses with him. But, you know, yourself, there was a lot of coming and going. Um, but, no, he was, he was a bit uh, oblivious, thank God. And, and had had he been evacuated, sorry, by the time you got to Wexford, or was that, did that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah, and then we had to try and find where he was and um, that kind of thing. But your doctors and nurses were doing this. Well, not nurses so much, but doctors were, were trying to find where had their patients gone because, uh, obviously, because the computer systems were down, uh, they couldn't just look it up. So if a doctor was checking on a particular patient, they were in and out of all the other little, um, like, day wards and um, day case units and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, there was people in corridors, but not main corridors. It was, they did have a level of, you know, privacy, but um, sections of the hospital you wouldn't normally be in uh, had to be used, you know. But so, so when you arrived at Wexford uh, last, mm. last, at what time roughly, sorry, did you say, Sandra? You arrived Yesterday, at, I think it was about half three, four, something like that. Half three or four o'clock. And yeah. when, when when you arrived there, like at that stage, they, you know, between the jigs and the reels of everything, they, they yeah. didn't know where your son was. They, to... No, no. She and there was guards stopping at the crossroads uh, at the hospital, at the hospital gate, um, in the hospital grounds. So three lots of guards to go through first and then security and it was kind of like uh, who are you, where are you going uh, there's no visiting and it's like God I'm not visiting because I knew you know the house the, the house, the hospital was on fire at that stage and just when he said like did somebody call you I was like oh God I'm like, you know like your heart sinks thinking call me for what you know you just know. don't be thinking I know you know yeah. Oh, the, I can't imagine the yeah. the pandemonium, you know, like when you yeah yeah and this, you know, as you say, the 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 search basically then to 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 locate your son, but at the same yeah. time, it, it sounds Sandra from what you've described, like it was still you know amidst everything that was going on, it, it sounds like it was it was well handled, you know, from what you're saying. It was, it yeah. was because there was there was even uh, doctors who would normally finish at five, they all stayed on. Um, they set on very late. Um, there was catering staff that should have got you know changed shifts sometime in the afternoon. They stayed on. Um, the the hospital shop was closed and the cafe was closed, but but they were working behind the scenes kind of thing in behind the shutters kind of thing and feeding whoever they could and you know making sandwiches and whatever. Um, the nurses, um, I I was told uh, the nurses that came on their shift last night at eight, some of them were asked to volunteer to go with patients uh, on whatever trips they were going and every one of them volunteered. Um, They were amazing. They really were. And they did their best even to keep Jack, uh, you know, comfortable and calm and, you know, put him into a a nice discreet corner that he wasn't too distracted with other people because he... um, he he's very uh, kind of nervous about people he doesn't know. Um, he had a long hospital stay this time two years ago, and he has built up a kind of anxiety, PTSD about it. But okay. you know, uniforms and masks, and thinks everybody's going to hurt his legs and that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. so um, no, they did they did really look after him, yeah. even uh, to the point. Um, so when the Wi-Fi went down and his iPad wouldn't connect to 
couldn't connect to anything. Wouldn't I don't know why he wouldn't connect to my phone as a hotspot. One of the nurses got it connected to his and left his phone with Jack for the rest oh, of the shift. Well, fair play. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's incre- yeah. it's incredible when you see the you know the, the health service at its best. You know, despite everything mm. that was going on, and I'm sure there was oh yeah a lot of stress yeah. for for people there last night. But by all accounts, from what you've described, it sounds like it was well 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 under control and ex- extraordinary effort yeah. from from so many people. So so when yeah. when you got there and 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 you found it's Jack, is it? Is is Jack Jack? Yeah. Who said his name? Yeah, yeah. you found Jack. Yeah. Um, were you able to to go with him then when he was transferred to Vincent, oh, yeah. sir? You were brilliant. Oh no, yeah. no, no! I was with him. I was with him until he was transferred. But it happened, even though it was a very long afternoon and night. When it did happen, it happened very fast. Yeah. Um, I I had just stepped outside for a few minutes, and and I got a call five minutes later to say. Um, Jack's been transferred to Vincent's and I said alright okay when is that and they said oh they're here now no. <laughs> and when I went in when I went in the paramedics were beside his bed waiting and I said god I didn't think you meant right now <laughs> you know what I mean I thought you meant the ambulance was yeah. here but um, no but they weren't they didn't rush him they didn't panic him or anything like that it was oh, all what is he like and yeah. you know um, so he, kind of stuff, he, you know? He, he's in Vincent's now is he today yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, you're on your way there now. Is that right? I am. I oh, am. Yeah. He spent uh, last night in a room off A and E, but now he's in a room off a ward. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and you're 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 travelling up and oh look, I it's 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 mm. you know it's I'm I'm glad to hear that 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 all's well and you know I I, I can mm. only imagine it must have been a, a hectic night night it was. Know, for for everybody. because it was uh, yeah. obviously they couldn't open windows and. The heating seemed to be still on and uh, probably with all the coming and going, it was really warm. But uh, the smell of smoke, not smoke itself, but the smell of smoke was coming down. And um, it was, you could feel it sting in your eyes after a while. Um, So that's why I kept going outside. Actually, outside later on wasn't as smoky as inside felt. You know, mm. so um, I'm a bit hoarse today, I'd say, because of that. But, really? You um, can still feel it yourself, Sandra, you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, see, I didn't get home until probably about half two. Mm. And I was just, I'd say I was just gone to sleep when the hospital in Dublin rang me to tell me that he had arrived and went through a few questions with me about him. Um, But, you know, like, you just think, oh, God, now what's wrong? <laughs> you know? I'm sure every time the mm. phone phone rings, you know. So you, you're, yeah, you're, especially you're, when there's an unknown number, it comes up as an unknown, unknown number, and then you don't know yeah. will I or won't I? You know. Well, I know you're on but, your your yeah. your way there now, um, yeah. and I yeah. I hope Jack's keeping well. And I, I really appreciate you taking the call today, Sandra. And, and, no, and no safe, problem at all. Yeah, safe I'd journey. I'd like to thank actually like to thank all the nurses and Do, doctors yeah. in the hospital last night. They were fantastic. Um, they made sure everybody was, you know. Uh, kept up to date and they did their best for everybody and they were very, very organised and looked after us all. Um, you know, even elderly patients who were were uh, obviously very confused with maybe dementia or whatever, you know, they were kept calm. Um, there was no real panic yeah. once, well, once we were removed, you know. Well, listen, Sandra, I really appreciate, as I yeah. said, you taking the call and a safe journey on to Vincent's today. Thank you very much.
1800 look that's the number um, if you were affected by this in any way at all yesterday and in particular as well and Sandra's right you know huge credit um, to everybody involved in the, the emergency response yesterday afternoon but look do, do give us a shout if you want to chat about it today Seamus is on the line Seamus you're a patient I believe you're still in Wexford General today is that right? Yes I'm still here Yeah so, so you you were there obviously when when this all started. Um, what did you see, Seamus? Well, in actual fact, it started at the back of, of the ward that we were in, and uh, we see the smoke passing by the window, and uh, the nurses were doing their their medical rounds, and we were blackguarding like we just said that the nurses like they're after setting fire to the hospital. But we actually thought it was just somebody further down, maybe burning something, mm. and. Uh, in the Based on having said that, I suppose that in 10 or 15 seconds, the fire alarms went off. And uh, they thought that it was just a routine drill. And uh, a minute or two later then, it was it was more than a routine drill. The nurses were running and the staff were running and were shutting windows, locking doors. And I suppose another three or four minutes after that, uh, somebody just came down the corridor and saying, grab, grab your phone, get out, leave whatever stuff is in your lockers or in your presses and just get out. Uh, the ward I was actually in, uh, there was only one bedridden man. And I mean, it was absolutely unreal to see the bed stuff. Seamus, I'm I'm just going to cut across you there, Seamus, just just for one second because there's just a little break up in the line, um, and I I just want to make sure that we we hear very clearly what you're what you're saying. Um, you're you're you don't have it in loudspeaker, but you can hear you can hear me all right, Seamus. You can. Can you hear me okay? Have we got Seamus? Bear with us one second. We have she- Seamus. You're there. You can hear me I, all right. You yes, can. I can. Yeah, hear you. yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. So, t- 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 just to bring me back a little bit there because you 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 saw this um, un- unfolding, and you thought, and with other patients, you thought it was just an, um, a fire drill, basically. Well, yes, that's that's exactly what we thought. Like you know, and I, I mean, the nurses, I think, thought the same. You know, hmm. uh, they weren't alarmed or anything at the start, but um, then the alarms went off. Uh, Somebody came running down the corridor saying, like, you know, grab, grab what you can. Grab your phone. That's it. Get out. Leave, leave whatever is in your lockers. Don't touch them. Leave whatever is in your wardrobe. Just go, you know. So that was basically it. But the evacuation, I mean, it was absolutely incredible to see the way the evacuation was operating. Uh, nobody, nobody felt in danger at any time. Just so well done. Uh, in, in the ward that I was actually in, we only had one uh, bedridden man. And, I mean, he was taken out, no panic, no not. He was told to relax. We were shifting him down. And we were all brought down to the, to the other end of the hospital. Yeah. And I know, uh, I know you're, you're, you're in, you're, you're still in a ward, is that right, Seamus? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. talking to us now from... One, um, one of the wards yeah. in Wexford yeah, we're, 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 oh. we've, we've all been transferred to St Joseph's ward because it's the, it's the ward that's furthest away from from the damage mm. now we, we were uh, we were in a, the emergency we were in the day unit we were kept in the day unit last night and actually being transferred down today the smell of the smoke in the actual hospital and in the corridors up down the level 2 and 3 like this horrendous like you know the smell of smoke and burnt ash 
I can't, I can't, I can't imagine, Seamus. And I'm just trying to think as you're describing that, you know, when and you're you're in 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 your ward yesterday afternoon when you heard the, the commotion starting out in the out in the ward hallway. Like, what what was going through your head, Seamus? Well, I mean, the first thing I suppose that probably, and we're talking about it today, and we're talking about that. The first thing I thought about was what happened in Turkey there a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, will everybody be able to get out? Will they be crushed? I mean, there were beds. There were literally bed after bed after bed being pushed down. Uh, there was a nurse with every four people. Just got four people. You come with me, and and they brought us away in fours. Nobody was missed. They took your name and. Like, there was nobody missed, uh, and while we were all brought to the other end of the hospital, uh, there was one or two of the, of the staff that literally went back down to ward where, where, where the smoke was coming in or whatever, just to make sure nobody had been left behind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I suppose for, for some of the, the other people, I'm in the ward now, and, and, and beside me, like, and he's, he's uh, he had to come out, so he had to leave his phone. His phone's on the locker, his, his hearing aids, his glasses. So, I mean, it's completely, you know, there's nothing he can do with anything, you know? Yeah. Were you scared at all, Seamus, when this was unfolding? Like, there's no point in saying you wouldn't be. Everybody's going to be scared yeah. for, you know, uh, some people be scared a lot more than others. Like, yeah. I mean, there were, there were a couple of people there, older men and older women, and they were really scared, yeah. There was one young lady, and she was pretty bad, uh, just breaking up slightly again there Seamus just bear, bear with us for one second but I, I mean I, I of course you would be absolutely of course you'd be scared yesterday I mean no 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 question about it I, I have to say Seamus I, I think you're very calm recalling the, the story you know well I mean maybe it's maybe it's the sedatives that they're giving us here <laughs> you're you're a, you're you're a calm sort of a fella. Then obviously you know it's uh, well, not. Look, it's, it's not just me. Like I mean, I, I didn't really see any of the patients panicking at all. Yeah. Um. And like as I say, what really annoys me in particular is uh, the way those nurses and staff are so underpaid and what they had done last night. I mean, it was absolutely totally incredible. They've done it through COVID. This is an emergency situation. I know you're 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 and you're you're right about that. Absolutely, full full praise and, and credit due to to all involved in the in in the um the emergency response and and the effort there yesterday. I I know you're in a busy you're in a busy ward there today, but but you're you're doing okay, Shims. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm waiting for my consultant to come in there to see what he's going to do with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I hope you're all right. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't don't want to pry too much into your. No, no, no. But you're all right. No, I'm I'm, I'm grand. Yeah, but, I mean, there's, a, there's there's loads more patients and awful lot worse than what I am. You know. Okay. Uh, and I mean, credit too to the other hospitals that stepped in and and took patients. Like, like yeah. we had we had uh, some of the patients that were maybe mobile or maybe close to going home or whatever. They were transferred. With, there was taxis made available there and were. Any buses that took maybe ten or twelve people and transferred them to Waterford and yeah. to Kenny. They moved you know, on to, to to other. Sandra there uh, a few moments ago was telling us her her son has gone to to, to Vincent's in in Dublin. Um, Seamus, listen, I mind yourself, and and I really appreciate you you getting in touch with, in touch with us today. You know, I know even from your your hospital bed in in, in Wexford. But is there any talk about moving you, Seamus, or will you stay? 
no, I think I think what's happening now is is that everybody that's here is is going to stay here. You're going to stay, uh, yeah. About twenty nine, yeah, no, isn't there roughly? I, I think it's twenty seven now. Twenty seven, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two two patients being moved today um, to the matter. So I think they're keeping the, the other twenty seven here. The ward the ward that we're in is completely capable mm. of facilitating. It's all right. You know, whatever yeah. has to. Yeah. Well, well, listen. Mind yourself and take care. And as I said, Seamus, I, I appreciate you you getting in touch today and 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 telling us um, what happened and and sharing your your story with us on the program. Um, Seamus is right. Like it's just extraordinary what I'm sure the staff had to you know undertake and do in, in the hospital. And huge credit to them. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about the uh, the fire um, at Wexford General Hospital and we heard from Seamus there just a few moments. He's one of the 20 plus remaining patients uh, in Wexford Hospital. He he called us just there from his uh, his hospital bed and described the uh, the situation yesterday as things unfolded and sure, naturally patients were scared. Of course they were but he highly commended um, the effort of everybody involved the nurses and all of the staff in the hospital um, in, in dealing with the response yesterday Sandra as well her son and dad both in Wexford told us their story as well Robbie is on the line Robbie I believe your dad was in Wexford General too yesterday Yes and he still is He's still there as well is he? He is I actually think he's on the same ward as Seamus Right And when did you get the call? Uh, I got a phone call from my mother who was actually visiting dad when the fire broke out Um, probably about four and a half four yesterday maybe a little bit later. Um, she rang to let me know that obviously she'd been to see him and you know, this is all broken out. She thought somebody was messing and then she saw the smoke and obviously everyone had to get out and she was kind of sent on the way, really. So you're... Mo- um, with so no, she, so no she information. was there. Just say that again, sorry, Robbie. Sorry, she was... <laughs> they were they were all evacuated so they were all, you know, obviously all sent outside. And um, no information of what's going on, what's happening with the patients or whatever. Um, so she she had to go home because there was nothing else she could do. And it wasn't until probably 10 o'clock last night when I finally got through to the hospital. From both of us trying, I finally got through. Um, we were told that patients are being moved. Uh, we don't know who's going where, what's happened, or, you know, they couldn't tell me where my dad was or where he was going or what was happening. Um, the only thing we knew, obviously, was that nobody was injured, thanks to the efforts of all involved. Mm. So your your mum um, was sent home when she'd been in, obviously, visiting your dad, and, 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 and there was at that period of time where you didn't know what was happening, or... And where were you? Were you... Did you... Are you in... You were obviously at work, were you, when you, you heard this? Yes, I was. So I live over in the UK, um, which makes it a little bit harder. Okay, you know, right. I can't, I, <laughs> I can't exactly spin down the road to go yeah. see him or find out. Oh, well, then um, it must have been very worrying, Robbie, when you got that call from your mum. It was terrifying. Yeah. Myself and my wife spent most of the evening on Google trying to find out what's going on. You know, any bit of news we could. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot been given out. When I spoke to the lady in, in the hospital, she was she was lovely. But obviously, she wasn't given a lot of information to give out. Um, she, we were told that the next of kin, which would be my mother, uh, would get a phone call as soon as it's all been sorted. Now, I just checked 10 minutes ago, and as of 10 minutes ago, she's still waiting on a phone call. The only reason we know he's still in 
Wexford is because he managed to get a call out to her this morning. Okay. To speak to her. So, yeah, right. So that's your situation that is obviously different to, to Sandra that we spoke to earlier. But you, um, so your dad's still there and your mum is st- still waiting to get information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had, she hasn't heard from the hospital at all. Uh, I, I mean, obviously I know they're busy, but there's obviously there's patients still there. People are still mm. worrying about the patients. They need to be informed, surely. There, there is, I, I believe there is, if a couple of people have texted in to say the there's a dedicated line uh, that's been set up. Have you had any luck with that? Or so, <laughs> that was that was another one. We we obviously saw the news yesterday and they announced on the news that there was a dedicated line set up. It wasn't until about midnight that I actually found that number only through Twitter. Somebody had posted it. Um, I don't think I, I did send the number across, but I don't know if she's tried it yet or not. Because she managed to speak to Dad this morning, she's a little bit more at ease. Yeah, I'm sure she'd an anxious yeah. night, Robbie. Oh yeah, we all did. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know. And he, he's I'm, a, sure, I'm sure my dad did too. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and, and Seamus was just talking, you know, to us there about um, about people in the ward and and those that were moved to a different ward. But your dad's doing okay. I you know your mum got to speak to him this morning. Yeah, so they, 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 he's he's obviously still not well. They don't know what's wrong. Um, they've managed to do some tests this morning. Um, so we're getting closer to an answer, you know. But. He, as far as we're aware, he is staying in Wexford General. Yeah, he's going. He's going to be one of the. I think Seamus mentioned the figure of twenty-seven. I had thought it was twenty-nine from earlier figures, but um, the number of patients that are still in Wexford. But but your dad is one of those anyway. That's that's there. Yeah. 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 But it's, the number it's, I was given was thirty, so it's in and around that. Mark. In and around <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, Robbie, listen, I, I hope you get more information, and and look, keep in touch with us if we if we get anything here ourselves. We can we can certainly pass it on to you. But I know there is a dedicated helpline number. Um, certainly do you know that there for people to contact today. But thank you, Robbie, for for reaching out to us here on the program. Um, Ian is with us as well. Ian Brennan is the general manager for the National Ambulance Service. Ian, you've special responsibility for the southeast you had an extraordinarily busy day yesterday uh, we did andrea and thanks thanks for having us on yeah uh yeah we we obviously got the caller just after four o'clock that there was a fire in wexford general hospital and uh, that obviously sent significant alarm bells for us uh, and it became apparent after a period of time that that this was going to be a, a large-scale evacuation or a, a decamping of the hospital it must be your worst nightmare Ian, to get a call like that it, it, it really is, Andrea, yeah. you know, we're aware of, you know, and, and you've had really good examples of how vulnerable, you know, the patients are in there. We're dealing with, you know, and, and the age range in, in, in Wexford is effectively from newborn all the way upwards. So, you know, we've significant amount of vulnerable patients. One of the things that struck me, you know, really from, from talking to many people today and even the taxi and coming in was that how well the coordinated emergency response plan you know, how, how quickly, I suppose, it was put into place yesterday and executed. Yeah, I think once we once we got to grips that that, that we were going to uh, evacuate a large number of patients, uh, the, the support we received, you know, both from the private ambulance services and the voluntary and auxiliary ambulance services and the coordination we had with, you know, our off-duty staff and our managers, and we coordinated really well with, with the hospital managers and we, we just got on with it. Yeah. How many people, roughly, do do you know? Um, did, did you guys transfer through the, through the service, Ian? So, so last night, between between uh, ourselves and the National Ambulance Services, 
our, our colleagues in the private services and the voluntary services, we coordinated a total a total uh, of 90 patients from four o'clock yesterday up until two o'clock this morning. There may be again, there may be a small number to go uh, off today again, but but the 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 large volume of patients was was done last night. Mm. Um, obviously, plans like this are, I don't want to say practiced, but I mean, this is the purpose of doing fire drills, you know, and and all that goes with that and, you know, wide scale emergency planning like this. Is, is there much put into that in terms of much practice of this kind of thing, Ian, on an ongoing basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like we, we, we do practice for, for major emergencies and, and they're often taken involve a fire or large scale road traffic incidents. Uh, and again, we, we have a, a we have a plan. But, you know, when it comes into play like that, it's, it's always still difficult. And there's always a period of of confusion, uh, as described, uh, you know, earlier initially. But uh, it really came into play well. And the, again, I, I can't overemphasize the support we have, we have got both from our uh, private ambulance service colleagues and our, our voluntary service colleagues and our off-duty staff was was nothing short of immense and and it was excellent from a resource point of view it was excellent to see that we just had our uh, a pick of ambulance resources that we needed uh, at all different levels there last night and we were able to get those patients out uh, efficiently and effectively and uh you know, hopefully, hopefully their their journey uh, to other hospitals wasn't too unsettling for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Sandra told us about that earlier. Her her son Jack um, was transferred in in the early hours of the morning from from Wexford up to Vincent's Hospital. But as she said, he was you know very very calm, and the whole thing was well under control. I was really glad. To, I was really glad to hear that, and and hopefully hopefully we were able to offer friendly ambulance crews for for all those patients. Yeah. No, absolutely. Listen, I, I, is there more? Like, have you? I presume you're still on standby, Ian, though th- today as well. We were down there this morning again, Andrea, and again, it's uh, eerily, eerily quiet down there this morning. But uh, we are uh, sort of have turned our focus a little bit to uh, making sure that our nine and nine capacity within the in the area is is reasonable, and we're we're aware that now we're going to have to go towards. Waterford or Kilkenny or St Vincent's Hospital. So these are going to be longer journey times, particularly for the people in the, the Wexford catchment area. So we're, we're, our focus is, is on, on that there to make sure that, that we have no significant uh, delays in response to our 909 calls in the yeah. greater southeast region. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian, the best of luck and, and um, I suppose well done, you know, to, to everybody involved in, in that response yesterday evening. Um, Porik Byrne is a journalist with the Wexford People and Independent.ie. Porik is, is with us here too. Like Porik, Ian just described that kind of quiet scene that's there this morning. Um, you were over, you're in Wexford. Like, I mean, what, what's the uh, what's the feeling there like today? Yeah, well, I guess I guess things are a lot more subdued uh, than they were, you know, yesterday evening when things were a, a little bit chaotic. And um, yeah, Minister Stephen Donnelly was down uh, down assessing the damage at the hospital there this morning. Things were a little bit quieter. Um, I suppose all this kicked off shortly after four o'clock yesterday. My my phone started hopping that there was thick black smoke coming from the hospital, and it kind of escalated from there. You know, when I arrived at the scene, there was probably two or three. Uh, fire tenders there and they were assessing the situation and there was a crowd out in the car park staff had kind of moved some of the patients out into the car park but in fairness it was so well coordinated everybody seemed relatively calm everybody knew what they had to do and I suppose then as as more fire units uh, showed up flames started to become visible from the top of the uh, the hospital building and then at one point the roof collapsed 
And um, as Minister Donnelly said this morning, you know, it was it was very lucky that there was no fatalities and nobody was seriously injured. So that that is the big positive here. And um, as to where it leaves us, I suppose going forward with the with the lack of a hospital, lack of an ED here at the minute, it will remain to be seen. But mm. uh, the clinical lead at Wexford General, Doctor Abadi Youssef, has just said that they are looking to get whatever services they can back up and running as quickly as possible. Now that may include, uh, you know, treatment for minor injuries, and in that it may not be a full emergency department. But they're currently assessing all the options, and they're hoping to have some kind of services mm-hmm. back up and running at the hospital ASAP. Okay, look, it's 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 um it's really extraordinary, you know, when when you think about what you know, what I suppose the potential for what could have happened yesterday, and and, and thankfully uh, that that wasn't the case. Nobody nobody injured. Um, as Anna said here, she says, "Thank God nobody was hurt." My mum was discharged only a few hours before. Before the fire yesterday, the staff in Wexford are just brilliant, says Anne. Another listener, um, a complete miracle that everybody got out okay. Fair play to all of the staff in Wexford General. It must have been terrifying uh, for the staff and I think they should be highly commended for their work and I think that texter is spot on with that message as well. Porrick, listen, thank you for, for getting in touch with us here. Porrick Byrne there uh, with the Wexford people. Um, Ian Brennan, who's the General Manager of the National Ambulance Service and Robbie there uh, calling us from the UK. His dad is one of the um, remaining patients currently in Wexford General. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. A lot of messages coming in today. We're talking about the, the fire at Wexford General and talking to um, patients currently still in Wexford and those that were evacuated yesterday, family members. Uh, this listener says, Andrea, will you please say a huge congratulations and well done to actually everybody involved um, in the response effort yesterday. My deepest respect and thanks to all who did everything they could to keep patients, staff and visitors as safe as they, they could under these very stressful circumstances. I think they all deserve the very best. Uh, that comes in from Eileen. Another listener says, very proud of the response from the frontline workers yesterday. Not for the first time we've praised them, but they don't get enough pay or praise, says this texter. Uh, David Hall is the owner of Lifeline Ambulance. David is on the line as well. David, uh, you too also assisted with the evacuation yesterday. Yeah, good afternoon, Andrea. Yeah, this, uh, yesterday evening at half four, the HSC contacted me and I joined in a call with them to see what resources we could offer given the circumstances. Um, we dispatched 12 ambulances to Wexford. They remained overnight and assisted in moving critical and non-critical patients to various destinations under the direction of the National Ambulance Service who had full control of the situation in an organised, eerily calm situation given the trauma that had been bestowed upon the staff and the patients and their families and relatives there. I think um, there were 207 patients originally identified to be moved and about 170 patients were transported. There were voluntary ambulance services with the Order Malta, the Red Cross, the Civil Defence, uh, two other private ambulance companies, Murray and Bowman Ambulance, uh, also had ambulances in attendance. And uh, the National Ambulance Service um, managed the situation in, in a very organised military precision. But, uh, you know, we have a very strange country. Um, we have a health crisis, and as soon as something happens, mm-hmm. everybody steps up. And my own staff in Donegal and other organisations throughout the country, and indeed the voluntary ambulance services all came down from Dublin and indeed were supported by the local operations to provide whatever help was required until it is required and until the last patient that needs to be moved was moved. So an, an extraordinary response, but an extraordinary response to something that could have been a lot more tragic. And this has been a devastation blow to the staff, particularly the staff at Wexford Hospital. But also remember clearly that, and I was reminded of this multiple times last night, in, in a sarcastic way, but in a very pointed way, 
we do these fire drills and we do these plans for a very particular reason, mm. David. And last night and yesterday, the staff, no injuries, no deaths, uh, is a remarkable outcome. And the fire service did a remarkable job in putting this under control very, very fast. And this could have been a whole lot worse. It is a devastating blow to the staff. It is a devastating blow to patients mm. and the families and the community in uncertain times for the number of days ahead. I just spoke to Sandra there, you know, on the programme, and she's the parent of a son who was in Wexford, and her, her own dad was there, you know, with, with her sister last night. And I mean, I suppose, you know, amidst the kind of the, when you get, you hear about what has happened and you arrive and all that goes with that, but, but she said, you know, the whole operation, the whole thing, it was well organised. No, like, and... and we're all fast to criticise when criticism is required. And on this occasion, as the Minister has correctly said, this was an exemplary team effort. We were a small part, a small cog in that, and we played our part and we continue to do so. But ultimately, this is what's planned for. It's never happened before. This is what's planned for. And as I say, I could see and witness clearly from the uh, interaction that I witnessed yesterday and the communication that was there from the hospital group, from the CEO, his entire team, and the entire team, and the, particularly the hospital manager, um, whom I've never met in Wexford. And uh, it was a very emotional day for many, very emotional, very difficult day for many to see what was happening and un- unfolding. And you don't have the luxury of being part of a fire, Andre, in a hotel or in a building that we all might have been in for a fire drill or something to be able to go outside and have a chat and have a huddle outside and catch up and shoot the breeze and see what's happened and what hasn't happened and let everybody else in. You're still there now in very difficult circumstances managing upset patients and colleagues and yourself. And as I say, the full resources were put in place. Everybody stepped up and stepped in. And uh, as I say, the local management team, the hospital manager, all of the staff, my own staff and all the voluntary ambulance service staff and the National Ambulance Service, I'd say it, it was it was spectacular to see in circumstances where the most difficult set of circumstances are presented without any notice and where people haven't rehearsed this. This is not a rehearsal. There was no rehearsal. Mm. Everybody individually has done training for this. We've all done uh, our various training and particularly the hospital staff must have done spectacular training for there have been no injuries and no deaths occurring as a result of this on the local fire service. So it was an exemplary um, response. Mm-hmm. And as I say, it was great to witness it in difficult circumstances. But nonetheless, it was a, a, an exemplary response. Yeah. And everybody should be commended for that. Uh, and everyone would play their part. And that's what we do. We step up. Yeah. When problems arise, we step up Absolutely. and we analyse things afterwards. Do, have you a role to play as well today uh, through Lifeline Ambulance, David? <laughs> Yeah, we've looked, we have ambulances with the National Ambulance Service every day for the winter plan. And we, uh, the R&D's group, uh, we would have uh, ambulances every day managing patients for them. That will continue today in, in Waterford, in Wexford, and in Kilkenny, and in the East Coast. And we will do whatever is required. As I say, yesterday's response was a, not a commercial response. That was a response to, uh, to colleagues and to friends and to um, people we work with uh, on a daily basis. It wasn't a commercial and wasn't one that we were charging for. This was one we stepped in to assist as best we could. And we'll continue to do that today and tomorrow. Whatever is required from the RD's group and from the hospital, we'll step up. Yeah, well done. OK, well, listen, we'll leave it there. David Hall, owner of the Lifeline uh, Ambulance. David, thank you for, for taking the time to chat to us here on the programme today. Lots more messages coming in, just people all saying, look, really uh, well done to those involved. Very proud of the response effort. And again, another texter uh, making the point today. You know, we're all great to come out and praise those involved um, in frontline work, emergency services, those reacting, staying on extra uh, hours yesterday, everybody digging in and helping out in the response to the fire at Wexford General Hospital. Uh, it'll soon be forgotten, though, says this texter. Yeah, well, it's, it's a fair point, isn't it? Like, But it's, in fairness, well done to, to everybody involved. 
Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.